Amen. God is so good. He is so good. Everybody can hear me good? Amen. All right. Well, today is the day that we honor mothers. And I want to tell you how much I appreciate you mothers for being the women of God that I know God has called you to be. Thank you with all my heart. But you know, for some mothers... Motherhood can be an especially difficult day. For instance, maybe you've wanted to be a mom, but for some reason or another, you can't. Maybe you didn't have the best mom in the world growing up. Some of you may have had, like I have, uh, we've had a mother that has died. Some of you... Some of you mothers have actually lost a child in death. And I can't imagine that. Some of you mothers feel the pain of a wayward child this morning. And some mothers are flying solo. They're flying solo, working hard to nurture their child's faith, but without the help of the child's father. But I want to tell you this morning, moms, a mother can be a significant spiritual influence with or without the help of the father. Now, the Bible reveals a great many beautiful portraits of motherhood. One such portrait is a, a young woman named Eunice who was raised in a religious home and who was greatly influenced by her mother, Lois. As a youth, Eunice learned much from the scrolls that contained God's Word. Then as a teenager, while she was still focused on spiritual matters, she became attracted to a young man that wasn't really that interested in religion. And against the wishes of her godly mother, against the teaching of her faith, and against the tug of her conscience, she went ahead and married that man. Now I don't want you to get me wrong here, this man was a, a good guy. He was a good guy and all, but he just thought that spiritual matters were for weak people. But after a couple of years of marriage, Eunice and her husband had a baby boy. And that baby boy's name was Timothy. But in the meantime, Eunice's dad had passed away, and Eunice and her husband asked Lois to come and live with them in their home. And... Uh, the, we look at little Timmy, and little Timmy was just a delight to everybody. Everybody loved little Timmy. But mother and grandmother especially spent hours, spent hours teaching him the stories of the Old Testament, praying with him and praying for him and training him up in the things of God. Then one day, a preacher comes by. 
a preacher named Paul came to their town of Lystra and he was speaking about this man named Jesus. Both Lois and Eunice listened intently to what this man had to say and they came to believe that Jesus was the fulfillment of all of those promises found in the Old Testament. And so Eunice and Lois placed their trust in Jesus Christ as both Savior, Messiah, and Lord. And these new believers, Lois and Eunice, begin to teach little Timothy all the things about Jesus. Now we know that the Apostle Paul took a personal interest in Tim the teenager. Paul would then partner later on with the mother and grandmother to lead Timothy to saving faith in Christ Jesus. Much, much later, we know that Paul mentored Timothy and eventually they would work together to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all over that area. Then, many, many years after that, while Paul is awaiting execution in a Roman prison, Paul writes two letters to Timothy. And in those letters, he mentions Timothy's mother and Timothy's grandmother and how incredible their influence was on Timothy's life. So, with all that as a background... I want to draw today on three different Bible passages that I believe today will show you and I how a mother and a grandmother can be a significant spiritual influence on their children for the glory of God. The first way that a mother or a grandmother can be this kind of influence on their children is by instilling a respect for God's Word. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Timothy, this is the second letter that I was speaking to, in 2 Timothy and chapter 3. If you'll go to Revelation and hang a left a couple books, you'll find 2 Timothy and chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading in verse 12, where Paul writes to Timothy saying, Yes. And all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters are growing worse and worse. They're deceiving and being deceived. But evil men will continue. But you, Timothy, you must continue in the things which you have learned. Continue in the things which you have been assured of and knowing from whom you learned them. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof for correction and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You've heard me say it before, but the Bible tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God so that you and I can know what's right, 
what's not right, how to get right, and how to stay right. So Paul is reiterating this to Timothy and talking about where that information came from, from his mama and from his grandmother. So we know that Timothy's grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice taught the Holy Scriptures to Timothy even while he was still crawling. Amen? Uh, Lois and Eunice teamed up to provide these high-octane Bible classes so that Timothy would grow up and be uh, spiritually influenced by the Lord Jesus. They read to him about Samson and Samuel. They read about David and Ruth. They read all about Abraham and Noah. And they continued teaching these things. In essence, Lois and Eunice were living out the command of God that we find in Deuteronomy chapter 4 or chapter 6. God said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today shall be upon your hearts. Here's the important part. Are you listening? Impress them upon your children. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. Talk about them when you walk along the road. Talk about them when you lie down and when you get up. And because these two mamas, one a mother, one a grandmother, internalized the Word of God into their lives, they could then impress upon Timothy the importance of the Word of God. It was so very important to them. Mothers, I want to tell you something this morning. It is never too early to begin teaching the Bible to your child. Colton and Blake, y'all start today, amen, teaching Gwen about the Bible. But it's also not, while it's not too early, it's also never too late to start teaching the Bible if you haven't already. Mamas, grandmamas, nothing can replace your role in your child's life. Nothing, because God wants to use you as the voice box of His Word to instill in your child a respect for God's Word. How do you do that? How does a mom do that? How does a grandmother do that? Well, here's what you do. You strive to translate every page of the Bible into your life. And when your kids and when your grandchildren see the Word of God being translated through your life, they might just want a little bit of that for themselves. Mamas, what kind of Bible is your child reading? What kind of Bible is your child reading? You see, that's how the Bible convinces people of its truths. People see people who read the Bible living it out. It's not just because it's print. They see it being fleshed out. Friend, do you look for ways to instill a respect for the Word of God in your child? That's how you become a spiritual influence. And remember, mothers, you can be a significant spiritual influence on your child with or without the help of their father. But there's a second way I want to bring your attention to today. 
A second way to be a godly influence in the lives of your children. Mothers and grandmothers also instill an authentic faith. They instill a respect for the Word of God, but they also instill an authentic faith. Same book of the Bible, 2 Timothy, but we're going to go to chapter 1. Just one page over and a couple of verses beginning in verse 5. Paul said to Timothy, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, but of love and a sound mind. You see, even though Lois was a believer, even though Eunice was a believer, there would come a time when Timothy himself would have to make his own decision. That Timothy would have to make his own decision to come to faith in Christ Jesus. You see, faith is not hereditary. You don't get it just because your mama had it. You don't get it just because your grandmama had it. No. Faith is learned. Faith is lived. Faith is believed. But at the same time, mamas and grandmamas are, should be busy creating this environment. This environment whereby kids are motivated to want the kind of faith that they have. Now that word genuine, Paul said to Timothy, when I call to remembrance that genuine faith that was in your grandma and your mama, that word genuine means it wasn't hypocritical. It wasn't fake. It wasn't counterfeit. There was no pretense. There was no false facade. This was the real deal that Timothy was growing up with. Faith had come and faith had taken up residence in Eunice's life. Faith had taken up residence in his grandmother's life. And now, faith was taking up residence in Timothy's life. But it was these two mamas. These two mamas who were completely sold out to Jesus. They were drop dead serious about their faith in Christ. They were fully devoted, completely committed. And guess what? Timothy knew it. Timothy knew it. Can I tell you, ladies? No one knows better than your kid whether your faith is real or not. No one knows better than your child whether your faith is real or not. But I really want you to notice the chain here. Lois, Eunice, and Timothy. Lois, Eunice, and Timothy. Isn't it interesting that we don't read of a grandfather here? Scripture doesn't record anything about the father. There's nowhere in this equation any paternal 
influence here. Now, I don't want to say that grandfathers and fathers don't matter because listen to me carefully, they do. But what I'm saying here is, is a mother, a grandmother, can be a significant spiritual influence on their child with or without the help of the father. Moms, if you want to instill an authentic faith in your child, then you better take your own faith real seriously because they're watching you all the time. If you're just going through the motions, if you're just winging it, your kids are going to see it. Your kids are going to see how you live out your faith and they'll likely do the same thing you do when they get your age. So friend, as you demonstrate your faith, how do you do that? You read your Bible. You pray to your Lord. You attend worship. You bring your kids to programs that are designed to help them grow spiritually. You participate in the life and in the mission of your church. And when you do that, sisters, when you do that, you're going to be sending a huge message to your child that Jesus matters. Jesus matters. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, and when I heard this quote, I thought of my mama. Because Emerson said, men are what their mothers make them. What you see before you today, the good, the bad, and the ugly, amen, is a product of what my mama made me. Likewise for you. There's another proverb that says, one ounce of mother is worth a whole pound of clergy. See, you are the preacher, mamas. You are the preacher, grandmamas. What kind of message are you preaching to your child? See, mothers of, that make a spiritual influence on their kids, they're not so interested in uh, bodies and clothes. They're interested in their children's soul. They're not interested in success necessarily in this life. They're more interested in their child's eternal life. They're more interested in their child's relationship with Jesus than they are with their popularity in the world. Mothers who are making a spiritual influence are more interested in their standing before God than they are their social standing in the world. Mamas who make a spiritual influence are more interested in their children's spirituality than they are their intellectual, their musical, or their athletic successes. So when you look at Timothy's family, we discover that Timothy's family environment was fertile. It was fertile to his faith development. Is your home's environment fertile to your children's faith development? But there is yet a third way. A third way that godly mothers 
significantly influence their children. And that is, they instill a desire to minister. That's not that you're instilling a desire for your kid to become a preacher or even a missionary necessarily, but a desire to minister. Because you see, after Paul came to Lystra and he preached the gospel and Timothy was converted, Timothy, or Paul, returned back to Lystra one day and he met with Timothy's family. Let's pick up in Acts. Acts chapter 16. And let's uh, read a little bit about this reunion. In Acts chapter 16 and verse 1, Then he, Paul, came to Derby and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman. Of course, we know her to be Eunice. A Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. Paul wanted to have him go on with him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. Now I want to quickly point out three qualities about Timothy that gave him a desire to minister. Three qualities that were no doubt passed down from Mama. Three qualities that were no doubt passed down from his grandmother Lois. The first of which is, Timothy was a strong believer. The Bible says he was a certain disciple. Well, that word disciple means that he was serious about Jesus. Are you a disciple? He was a disciple serious about Jesus. He was authentic. He had a no-holds-barred kind of faith. He was a strong believer. Secondly, Timothy had a good reputation. Paul said the believers in this area spoke well of him. Why? Because they, they knew him to be a man of integrity. They knew him to be a man who was living according to the Word of God. They knew that Timothy was rock solid. But a third quality is Timothy was available. He was available. Paul wanted to take Timothy along with him. To have him go on with him, the Bible says. So Timothy knew that meant he was going to have to leave home. Timothy knew that that likely meant that he was going to have to face hardship. As we look at this way that Timothy was raised, can I tell you this? That there is no way that this kind of commitment to minister develops unless it's been encouraged at home. Unless it's been encouraged by Mama. Unless it's been encouraged by Mimi. Amen. This kind of commitment develops when it's taught at home. Mothers, listen. Part of your job is to instill a respect for the Bible. Part of your job is to instill an authentic faith in your children. But these two elements together are only preliminary. They're only the beginnings. The beginnings of the most important job you have as it relates to your mom or your children. And that is instilling in your children a desire to minister.
Yes, we want our kids to learn the Bible. We want our children to have real faith. But most of all, we want our children to be difference makers in the world. We want them to make a difference in the world. And mothers and grandmothers are largely responsible for this. We want them to be difference makers in the world. Why? So they can share their three-minute redemption story with the world. Why? So they can minister in their church and in their community. Why do we want them to be a difference maker? So they can serve the hurting. So they can serve perhaps as missionaries. But most of all, so that they can identify their spiritual gifts and use them for the glory of God. Friends, the truth of the matter is this. We are saved in order that we might serve. And we need to teach that to our kids. We are to be disciples so that we can disciple others. We are equipped with spiritual gifts so that we can evangelize a lost and dying world. You see, that's what the three-minute redemption story is all about. It's about you using what God gave you, whether it's troubled waters or broken bridges, but using what God gave you for a testimony to the goodness of Jesus Christ and the glory of God. Have you done your three-minute redemption story yet? Brother Howell and I are waiting with bated breath to help you to record and to broadcast your story so that the world might know how good Jesus has been in your life. How incredible the glory of God is in your life. You see, friend, that's the most important thing, to instill a desire to serve. And that reminded me of a story about Jeff Williams. Jeff Williams did a masterful job speaking to a bunch of seniors at a graduating ceremony. This was his main point. He said, seniors, you have been served by your parents. You have been served by your teachers. You have been served by your pastor. Now it's time for you to take up the towel and serve others. Now is the time for you to take up the towel. You see, our primary job as parents is to disciple our kids in such a way that they grow up, take up the towel, and serve God wholeheartedly with the rest of their life. That's our primary job as parents. So moms, you can be a significant spiritual influence on your children by instilling a respect for Scripture, by instilling an authentic faith, but also by instilling a desire to minister. And mamas and grandmothers, I want to applaud you today. I want to applaud mothers who take the task seriously of raising up their kids and being a spiritual 
influence on the lives of their children. Proverbs 31, 28, the Bible says, Her children arise and call her blessed. Well, in this environment, we can't arise right now, but we can honk and call her blessed. So kids, you have my permission to reach over to the horn of your car and honk those horns and call your mama blessed. Call her blessed. Thank you, moms. Thank you, grandmothers, for pouring your life into our life. Proverbs 31, verse 30. The Bible says, A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. We praise God for these mothers today. We praise the Lord for these mothers today who worship Him and adore the Lord and pass that legacy on to the next generation. Thank you, moms. Happy Mother's Day. But you know, our first responsibility as human beings, as Christians, is to bring people to Jesus. Have you placed your trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life? Have you asked Him to come in and take over your life? Friend, do you need prayer today? Do you need to come to Christ today? Are there some changes in your life that need to be made so that you can be a better mama? A better grandmama? If so, while we're singing this song, I just want you to stick your hand out the window. I'll see who you are. I'll give you a buzz a little bit later. But whatever decision needs to be made, we're praying that God is going to bless that today. Let's pray. Our Lord in heaven, we praise you and thank you for our mothers. We praise you and thank you for grandmothers and Lord, the incredible, marvelous work that you do through them. Lord, as we honor them today, I pray in Jesus' name that they would take up this mantle, this incredibly heavy mantle, this heavy responsibility that you have placed upon them to become significant spiritual influences on their life. Father, I thank you for them. And Lord, I pray if there's any decision that needs to be made today for prayer, to come to Christ, or to make changes to be, a better servant of God. Lord, I pray that there be many hands raised, many hands sticking out these windows, and let it all be for your glory. In Jesus' name we ask it. And all God's people said, 